This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the TVU Podcast. And Dustin joining me today is BJ, Scott, and Otto. And we are here to discuss a bunch of... A whole bunch of stuff. Um, we did not plan on taking the last two weeks off. That was kind of uh, me dropping the ball at uh, making sure that we were actually getting on the schedule to record. Um, I was tied up with stuff with work and personal stuff. And let's be honest, the holidays is a hard time to just get things moving. So uh, the intent was we were going to take the this week off and next week off, but there was no way we were going to not have two weeks of an episode and then have another two weeks that we had already planned off off with everything that's happening currently in the wild world of DC right now. So um, there's a couple of news bits that we're going to cover first, but our gun watch as uh, BJ put it earlier, is locked and loaded and ready to go because there's a whole lot to talk about. So uh, we're going to jump into that in just a little bit. Uh, but first up, uh, there's a couple of news points. The first one is there's a new Batman movie on the horizon. The Joker 2 is currently filming. Uh, it was announced back on December 10th by Todd Phillips that uh, they have begun filming. Um, and... Joaquin Phoenix is, they posted the first shot, which is him getting a shave, presumably at Arkham, and uh, he looks, let's just say, worse for wear as usual from compared to what he looked in the last, in the last uh, film. Um, I gotta say, I don't know what to expect from this. There's, you know, Lady Gaga is supposedly playing Harley Quinn. We know it's not connected to the normal DC Universe films and all of that, and, um... I liked the first one, but I don't know that I necessarily liked it for the sake of it being really, you know, a DC film or a Batman film or anything like that. I thought it was a good film in general, but not necessarily in the superhero genre. Um, what do you guys are you guys looking forward to this, or are you guys just kind of like wait and see? I'm kind of where I was when we talked about it, like when it was announced months ago. I just I the idea of it being a musical has me most interested. I'm actually kind of. The more I think about it, the more I'm down with that. It's different. And with the way they took the last one, trying to morph that into some weird delusional musical. Like that's how at least that's how I picture it in my head, is just kind of like really leaning into the delusions of the characters. To me, that seems like a really interesting premise. And I'm um, you know, wait and see, but if that's still the case, I'm totally on board. 
Yeah, I forgot it was coming until that picture uh, was posted. So I guess I'm in the I'm in the wait and see camp. Yeah, for me, um, I think I was on the record when the first one was announced that I was kind of opposed to the the concept of the film. Um, it's it's just not for me. However, I will say the first one is kind of what I think DC should be focusing on. Like that's kind of the direction they should be going, just focusing on making good movies. Um, and so I, I am actually kind of interested in, in the second one. Uh, and it's going to sound weird, but it's because Lady Gaga's in it. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going to give it a shot. So I'm kind of excited for it. Yeah. And I will say, I, I, I think it'll be interesting one way or the other. Um, it might not necessarily be everybody's cup of tea, but you can't deny that the movie at least was very, very different than anything you would normally and typically expect from the superhero genre, but also from somebody like Todd Phillips as well. So there's that. All right. The next bit we have is the uh, video game awards were announced or were announced. And at the game awards, they had a new trailer for Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Most of it, it's just very quick. uh, But the important thing here is that Batman appears and Um, In the very first trailer, or I should say one of the trailers that has released in the past, Batman was one of the only members of the Justice League who did not specifically appear on screen. The Batmobile was present, but not Batman himself. And a lot of people were led to the thought of, well, is Batman actually even going to be in this? Is this a continuation of what they've done in the past? Uh, that, That being Rocksteady, what they've done in the past with the Arkham games. Because technically Batman died. Is this taking place at some point before the events of Arkham Knight? How does this fall in line with that timeline? If it is even part of that timeline. And well, this new trailer that released it, it didn't answer any of those questions quite honestly. And instead just presented the fact that Batman will in fact be in the game. And it will be voiced by Kevin Conroy. It will be in fact Kevin Conroy's last go as Batman um, because other than anything that he's pre-recorded, I don't know that he will be the voice for you know Cape Crusader if they didn't have everything set. They might switch voices for that. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening with this, but uh, Kevin Conroy is returning as Batman in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. I will say um, they, they also announced that the game is coming in May, but I'm not really I, I'm on the fence on whether or not I'm even looking forward to this. Don't get me wrong. I love the previous Rocksteady games. I'm questioning the entire storyline of this game and whether or not I even care about it. Um, but the fact that Batman's in it means I will pick it up and I will check it out, but I will I have to admit that, you know, I'm still I guess I'm I'm, kind of, I'm still feeling the burn from Gotham Knights. I'm I mean, that's fair. I think I'm looking forward to it. I think, like, you know, on the whole, I'm still on the... I mean, I haven't played Gotham Knights, so there's that. But And granted, that was the WB Montreal studio. So, you know, I'm in the camp that, like, Rocksteady makes good games. So I'm... I'm On that alone, I'm definitely up for playing it. As far as the, the reveal that, like, Kevin Conroy's in it and everything, that trailer admittedly didn't do anything for me. It made me just, it kind of like how you just said, it just brought up a lot more questions, you know, like when does this take place, you know, timeline, you know, Harley Quinn, she shows up in Arkham Knight. So if this is before Arkham Knight, like what's going on there, you know, there's a lot of questions, but I think the thing that kind of 
hit me weird is, you know, like the trailer is just a game trailer, you know, for the first, I think it's like a three minute trailer or something for the first, like two thirds of it. It's just no Batman, you know, just little teases. And then like Batman shows up and then they do like this whole RIP Kevin Conroy thing, like at the end. And so, you know, there was so little Kevin Conroy actually in there. I feel like they took a really weird route. Either they don't want to oversell it because he has a small part, which would make sense to me, you know, or they didn't want Batman to like overshadow the game, you know, his appearance. But I guess the amount of time they devoted to it kind of struck me as odd because they, they added the whole RIP thing at the end. And it's like, well, if you're going to do like, attach some weird tribute to it then make it a tribute video or maybe leave it off and announce it some other way maybe quieter where it doesn't like become the focal point of like the lasting image people see of your trailer i don't know if does i don't know if that makes sense to anyone else but to me it just struck an odd chord it absolutely makes sense because i the thing that was odd to me is the timing of it 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 almost feels like an underhanded move to try to sell the game off the idea that it's his last project, which I know that's not their intent, or at least I hope that's not their intent, but it does come across as a very odd thing to do. Like, hey, we we love and respect this voice actor who's been so crucial to our previous games that we've released. We want everybody to know that he's in our latest game, but we haven't actually promoted anything regarding the game for a very long period of time and now we're going to announce the date that it's coming out um, and then obviously whenever they announce the date that it's coming out that means pre-orders start opening up and then at the same time you're saying hey everybody guess what uh, this person who just passed away is also in the game it's it's, it's odd timing it, it does feel not great I, I will say um, it, it does kind of exist in that weird space where uh it's kind of like marketing, but also a tribute at the same time. And uh, it just feels kind of tacky uh, in that way. But um, to to the actual game itself, I, um, I think I'm not that interested, I would say, in the, in the story because I typically like playing as heroes rather than villains. And I think that was one of the big selling points of the, uh, of the Arkham series which was, you know, be the Batman. That was kind of the whole the whole tagline. Um, I think, uh, Scott, what you were saying about uh, Kevin Conroy having a small role in this is probably true, c- considering they're going to have the whole Justice League in there. And they're going to be, um, from the looks of it, I think, uh, mind-controlled by Brainiac, I guess. Uh, so I think it does make sense that they're going to have fewer lines. And because there's that ensemble cast uh, of the whole Suicide Squad and then the whole Justice League, I think uh, he does have a, have a small role in it. I mean, I will play the game. I have a 50% off rule for, for games. I don't buy any game uh, at full price. I wait until it hits 50% off or less uh, or, or more, I should say, uh, all the time. Um, so whenever that happens, that's when I'll, that's when I'll be playing. All right, so then the next and last bit of news is there was another game that was announced shortly after uh, the Game Awards, which is there's a new game called DC's Justice League Cosmic Chaos. It's done by Outright Games. It's 
it seems as if it's obviously geared towards children, but the cool thing about it, at least in my opinion, is that uh, Mr. Mitzelplick is the villain of the game, and I thought that was kind of cool because he's not a villain that you would typically see, but given the cartoon nature of the game, um, it actually works because you can have cartoonish things occur in the game because it's him. Um, and I thought that was kind of a smart way to go about doing you know, a more kid-friendly Justice League game. Yeah, I... Um I watched the trailer. It kind of reminded me of like it looks like a more fun version of Spider-Man Friend or Foe that came out like what like 10 10ish years ago. Um where it was just kind of more of a kid-friendly beat 'em up with like a bunch of like Spider-Man characters. So, I mean the art looks like cutesy and fun. I like that it looks different and I think the thing that makes me happy about it, I'll probably never play it, but um it looks like one of those gateway games to try to get more people into like DC comics and characters and you know feed that fan base yeah i'm I'm probably not gonna play it either Uh, i wasn't actually even aware it was a thing until uh, we were gonna do this the show um but i agree it's it's a it's important that dc engages all of age groups of fans um and so if this is another way for them to do that then i think that's great all right. So with that, that is all of the semi-big news that came out over the past couple of weeks. Um, there is, in fact, a bunch of other stuff that we're going to cover as part of Gunwatch. So let's just jump into Gunwatch. The first thing that we've got, uh, I'm going to go in chronological order with a lot of this stuff because if I don't, it's hard to jump around um, from one specific topic to the next because as you'll see very soon or as you'll hear very soon, that is, uh, there's a lot of stuff that ties into things that are announced days before or days you know, within the same time window and things like that. So it's important for that. Um, the first thing is there was a report that Warner Brothers Television Studios has clo- is closing a deal to uh, closing a animation deal that is with Amazon for DC branded content. Now, specifically, I would assume that based off of this report, that would mean Batman Cape Crusader could end up being on Amazon. Now, if you remember correctly, when we talked about this a couple months back, Amazon was, in fact, one of the places that we said this was likely to happen. Um, There is no firm foundation on whether or not this is, in fact, gone through or not. This is back from November 30th that this report came out, and it was specifically because the head of uh, Warner Brothers Television Studios, she specifically said that they are in the the process of closing a major animation deal with Amazon for DC-branded content. Now, what that entails at this point, I'm not sure, because outside of Cape Crusader and outside of, let's say, the Harley Quinn animated series, which is already on HBO Max... There's not really anything else out there. I mean, there's Young Justice, but they have not, as far as I know, not officially picked it up for yet another season. So could Young Justice and Harley Quinn, as well as the new projects with uh, Cape Crusader, there's also that Superman and Lois animated series that I know that they were working on. Um, I'm not sure... You know, I know Jack Quaid was supposed to be voicing Superman or Clark Kent in that, but outside of that, I don't know any really anything about it um, because I haven't really been following along other than the initial announcement. And I heard Jack Quaid talking about it amongst his other projects that he's working on with the boys and uh, one of the Star Trek, uh, I believe, the Star Trek animated series that he's on. But um, that said, that stuff could end up at Amazon, which is interesting. 
because if it's not tied directly to what they're going to be doing with the future slate and they are looking to create content, it would make sense for them to potentially make some money off of licensing that content elsewhere um, to, you know, to get some funds for the company as a whole for that. It also means that those, those projects could have a firmer foundation when it comes to having money to, you know, insist on future seasons as well and get production moving quickly. If Amazon comes in and says, yes, we absolutely want our, our interest in this stuff that will almost certainly guarantee something like Batman Cape Crusader a second season where they can immediately start production on it as they wrap up the first season because typically you buy a specific amount of animated episodes when you do license content like that. I mean, I think it's a good idea. I don't really keep Prime too often, but I guess for that I will do it. And I can appreciate, like, in my head, like, you know, obviously outsourcing, like, the cost and the production, like, makes sense. But in my head, part of this is a move to, um, like, you know, right now everyone's real protective of their IP and their product. And they're very insular and, like, holding on to everything they have and hoarding, essentially. And this is kind of like going back to the old days where you farm it out a little bit and you grab bases from different areas that aren't your own content stream. And so, you know, I can appreciate the idea that hopefully this is going to be, it's probably its own thing, not going to be connected to like the movies or anything. And it's just going to go back to feeding, you know, people into Batman content and kind of leading them over to the rest of the sphere, whether they start watching the movies or buying a bunch of like toys and products related to it or whatever it is to kind of feed the machine. So I can appreciate that. And I hope that works you know, in that sense, if that's kind of part of the goal. Yeah. From a, from a short-term business perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then I think long-term as well, as Dustin, you were saying, you know, there's with Amazon kind of having the deep pockets that they do, there's always a possibility for, you know, more seasons if the show is successful. Um, I mean, I, I think because it is going to be at Amazon, I think uh, perhaps fans who are hopeful that it would lead to maybe an animated connected TV universe or whatever, uh, as DC has had before, I think that might be uh, a bit far-fetched. But uh, maybe it can kind of start that and then that that whole connectivity can happen on another network, kind of like how... Um, the original Batman, the animated series was kind of its own thing for a while. And then it kind of led into, you know, the justice league cartoon, etc. Yeah. I will say the, the big thing that I think of when I think of the animated stuff is that when you look at what Amazon, at least right now is trying to do with the boys, they have the boys. It was successful for two seasons. They have a spinoff coming. They have an animated series that they, um, are doing as well. You can tell that they are very interested in creating a larger universe. Um, when it comes to their top tier s- series that they have, they're kind of very singular. They're not really looking, it doesn't seem like they're looking to expand, you know, outside of the main series because they are spending so much money. But if they can get, you know, these mid tier projects that have like a built in fan base, that have the built in ability to, you know, to to basically get an audience 
if they can expand on that without having to spend an insane amount of money, I think they're willing to do so. And uh, that's proof by the boys because I don't really think the, you know, boys, while it has its special effects and everything, I don't think it's anywhere near as expensive as like obviously some of their projects like the recent Lord of the Rings series that cost them, you know, between the securing the rights and how much it costs to make it, it was, you know, a billion dollars or something like that. So the reality of it is like, if they can get these projects that are smaller, that they have the ability to expand on, this could be very lucrative in the long term for DC because if they continue to produce good content and Amazon continues to absolutely love the results of the audience coming and watching it, they could be, you know, you know, ordering more series and paying for more stuff in the future. And that could open the door to a lot of other possibilities. All right. So then we get into some of the other gun watches. Um, the first thing was uh, James Gunn posted a tweet. I want to share my full Spotify wrapped, but it has two songs in the top five for my next secret DC project. Um, so the question is, what is the next DC project that he's working on? Well, we know what that is. We'll get to that. So I'm not going to, we're not going to try to guess too hard here, um, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, next up, he posted, a, posted another tweet showing a picture of Kingdom Come Superman at a table with a member, a lot of the members of the Justice League and Justice Society, and it said making plans. Uh, we knew that he was in the middle of making his, uh, the, the, in their, DC's in the middle of making their slate. Um, we'll have more updates on that in a second. Uh, the next big huge news is that the Blue Beetle film is in fact happening and it's coming on August 18th, which means next year we will in fact have four different DC films in theaters in one year uh, with Shazam, Flash, Aquaman, and Blue Beetle. As long as none of those series, some, or as long as none of those films actually get completely cut, although at this rate, that everything that's been going on and everything that we will find out here in the next few minutes, uh, it's entirely possible that something could get cut and they could write off an insane amount of money and that might help DC, or not DC, but Warner Brothers Discovery as a whole. Um, but the Blue Beetle ha is happening. Um, obviously, it's not directly connected to any existing thing that we are aware of, um, so it's very standalone. But it's interesting that it is coming out at the end of August. That is typically when you release... Smaller budget films that could still have an audience at the end of the summer, but typically there's not a lot of stuff that happens at the end of August uh, in general. The last big thing that I remember was the Suicide Squad film, which, I mean, it made money, but it just it didn't make an insane amount of money. There's just not a lot of films that typically come out the uh, the middle or end of August. So is, the, is this a full um, release or, or is this – it's not like a half release, half half – HBO Max thing. Yeah, it, it says only in theaters, so it's definitely going to be exclusive to theaters, at least for that forty five minute or forty five days that they currently have um, for the other films as well. So I've never been the biggest Blue Beetle fan, um, but I'm sure to be outside of. Um, I know the guy playing Blue Beetle uh, from Cobra Kai. Do we know anybody else who's in this movie? I I really haven't heard anything about it. I don't think that they've announced very much. I mean, the first time I remember hearing anything about it was DC Fandom 2020 um, was when I remember hearing stuff. And at the time, my understanding was that the film was intended to be one of those HBO Max originals films. And then obviously everything that happened with Batgirl, the, the, the only other thing that I heard was when they cast 
the guy from Cobra Kai, at, and, I, and I don't know his name off the top of my head, so I apologize, but he was cast, and I remember at DC Fandom 2021, he was present, and they did a quick interview with him, and they showed off like a piece of concept art, and I've seen a little bit of spy pics here or there from them filming of him in the suit, and it looked like the suit looked cool, but I mean, let's be honest, it doesn't matter how good or bad any of the DC projects are, they typically always have really good costumes. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. I think, uh, you know, just focusing on an individual, it comes down to execution, right? Like, these projects get announced, like Black Adam was announced, and we say, oh, it's a good idea, they're focusing on a character, but then it comes down to execution. So, I mean, what kind of actors they have, what kind of script they have, um... And I also think it's a good thing if they just focus on just making this movie on its own. And if it works, great. Then you can fold it into whatever connected universe you build later on. You don't have to sort of fold that in now. And I think they kind of have that in mind uh, when they're doing this. So I think, you know, it's a, it's a good project and we'll have to wait and see what the trailer looks like. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, it's, it's fresh. You know, not a lot of people know about the blue beetle outside of people who like read comics so you know all right so those of longtime tbu listeners might remember back when i was on the comic cast i used to have a segment called monkey watch um it was uh I, when i would purposely point out where you would find monkeys in the current dc comics uh detective chimp gorilla grod uh, among others. Um, but as it turns out, it seems as I am not the only one who uh, has has a love or affection for monkeys and gorillas and such because James Gunn posted, as co-chairman and CEO of DC Studios, I vow to the public at large and you the fans that I will break off the shackles of our limited imaginations and will abide by no gorilla limits whatsoever. Now, he's specifically referencing a tweet that is no longer around, but specifically going back to the archive, you can find it. Uh, they were specifically talking about, is it is it true that you're not going to have any uh, of the gorilla characters in any of your things? I don't know where they got this from. I don't know where, I don't know how someone started a rumor saying that for some reason, James Gunn really did not like gorillas. Um, he just responded. I thought it was amusing. I included it here um, just for the sake of monkey watch uh, as a throwback to that. Now, next up, we've got uh, on December 7th, there was a really big report that came out at Hollywood Reporter. There's a bunch of stuff that popped up in this. Uh, the headline was Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman 3, not moving forward as DC movies hit a turning point. Um, and then they specifically talk about updates of a variety of different things here. Um, specifically, they talk about how Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman 3 is not moving forward and is considered dead in its current incarnation. Uh, sources said that Jenkins recently submitted her treatment, co-written with uh, Jeff Johns, and that Gunn and Saffron, as well as the Warner Brothers Pictures co-chairs, broke the news to the filmmakers that the, her project, as it stood, did not fit within what they are currently planning, and she was not, and, and that they, there was no decision on whether or not they would move forward in any way, shape, or form. But as it was written, they were not going to move forward with Wonder Woman three. Um, they also said that. Um, some of the other things that came out of the article was that the specifically they were talking about the character cameos in Flash, um, specifically Henry Cavill's 
shots. Um, there were some shots, Ben Affleck, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman that were all supposed to appear in The Flash. Supposedly, a lot of those were cut, um, but they have not said specifically one way or the other. Um, there's a bunch of different things. It also said that there, it's unlikely that there's going to be a sequel to Black Adam uh, because the film has not made enough money. Um, so there's a lot of different things here. And they basically said that a lot of the projects were pretty much going to end as they were. Shazam would not see a sequel after it released its next film. The Flash would, they would move on from The Flash after the next film. Aquaman would be the end of that franchise. Um, which is odd because out of all of these projects, Aquaman's the only established one in Shazam, while it made money and was profitable, it did not make anywhere near the same amount of money as Aquaman. So to immediately say, hey, we had this billion-dollar project, it, uh, it's got a sequel coming out. We're just we're not going to do a sequel without even knowing how much the second film is going to do is odd, but it is a unique situation. Now, to follow up that specific report, James Gunn responded the following day saying, so as for the story yesterday in The Hollywood Reporter, some of it's true, some of it's half true, some of it's not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether or not it's true. Although the, this first month at DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of story takes time and we're still just beginning. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment, both in the stories being told and in the audience itself, and there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film, TV, animation, and gaming. But in the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what was worked in DC so far and to help rectify what was not. We know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we do is done in the service of the story and in the service of the DC characters that we know you cherish and we cherish we have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the DC, the future of DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters and stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. So there's a lot there to, to absorb, but basically the gist of that report was that not everything in that report is in fact true, or they have not yet decided. So when I when I read the they have yet not yet decided I think part of some of these franchises like Shazam they're not entirely connected to you know the other DCU films um, same thing with Aquaman like they could I mean to a degree I mean they they could refilm an aspect of Flash where it changes things and the characters they want to keep around stay around and the characters they don't want to keep around. They don't keep around. I mean, it's very possible that they could do that. I mean, we heard rumors that that's what they were doing in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the hard thing is, is we've been kind of been bombarded with these reports for weeks now of like this or that. And basically, it's just like this weird rumor mill that just, you know, keeps like, I don't know if it's just like sites that really need content that just keep churning these things out. But um you know, it's been going on for so long now to where, you know, this, the answer we get from like James Gunn primarily is like the same one over and over and over again is things we're working on things. We don't really know everything yet, you know, stay tuned. And at this point I feel like unless we have like a concrete like trailer or a teaser or some casting or something, you know, we just wait until we get a present randomly from James Gunn and call it a day. 
I think one of the big things about that tweet that you just read is that a gun said it's it's only been a month like he's been on the job and like we live in the society now where it's like the TikTok generation like we need answers right now and it's just not it's just not realistic and like I think I'm sure we're going to talk about the big news that happened but I think that was the first big domino that happened which we'll get to but I do think like we do need to be patient and like like he said, like some of it's true, some of it's not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet. And I think that makes total sense. Yeah, we do need to be patient, I think, and and wait, just, and wait and see just how things end up. But I think uh, it's not just the clickbait sites, uh, honestly, that are, have all these reports. It's actually like a lot of reputable sites have different reports on these things. And I think one of the reasons for that is, I mean, I'm not, I don't think they're they're lying. I mean, they must be hearing it from somewhere that doesn't mean that the person they're hearing it from is correct i mean the person they're hearing it from might be mistaken but um or exaggerating too or exaggerating exactly right like um it doesn't mean that what james gunn is saying also is true like i mean he could just be saying that we don't the point is we don't know and we won't know until we actually wait and see something either way uh but i think one of the reasons this is happening is because there has been so much dysfunction over at uh, the the DC section of Warner Brothers for for so long, and I think uh, at least the way people talked about, um, I mean, we're going to get to this, I think, eventually. But the way The Rock was trying to market the Black Adam film and stuff, I think there was this. It was always positioned as this like power grab within the the structure of the company, uh, and I think because there has been that instability for a while i think that's why we see so many of these reports going around as people have different agendas and they're trying to get their particular narrative out there in in the media uh so i think the best thing we can do right now is just wait and see i I mean i find some of it weird too like the aquaman news i think that was the first thing when i when i saw all these reports i'm like that movie made a billion dollars it was one of the few dc movies that people actually liked um i'm i don't actually think Momoa was a great actor, to be honest with you, but uh, he did. I think he did a decent job in in the role. And the the main important thing is that people like the film. And yeah. I just find it I find it weird that they would discontinue that. It's, well, it's going to be Lobo now, so yeah. he's just going to. Yeah, we'll see with that. Uh, but specifically, you know, you mentioned one of the you know worthwhile reports coming out. Uh, the rap actually followed up the following day. Uh, the following day from the Hollywood Reporter article, they followed up with their own report saying that Warner Brothers didn't cancel Wonder Woman 3. Patty Jenkins walked off the project. I'm not going to dive into to, to too much, but they basically said that there was a huge disagreement between her and the Warner Brother Pictures uh, co-chairs. And they she basically was like, well, if you don't like it, then I'm leaving. And then she decided to follow up herself a couple days later with her own statement which is not normally heard of when it comes to uh the directors but they she felt compelled to say this out loud but so a lot of people remember after Wonder Woman 1984 I I actually think it was like slightly before Wonder Woman 1984 released in theaters it was announced that Patty Jenkins was going to be attached to a Star Wars project she at that time everyone was like oh okay well clearly she's going to go do the Star Wars project it's probably means there's either not going to be a Wonder Woman 3 or it's going to be at least a significant amount of time before Wonder Woman 3 but it turns out that she went to go do the Star Wars project it became abundantly clear that the Star Wars project was being 
push back, push back, push back, push back, not by necessarily her or the development process, but by the studio as a whole and what their intent was for the future of their own film slate. And she did not want to push Wonder Woman 3 back any further. So she went to work on Wonder Woman 3, left Rogue Squadron, which I believe at the time it was rumored that she was kicked off that project. But I, obviously what she's saying is is different than what the reports were before. She came back to work on Wonder Woman 3. Uh, she presented her, her idea of Wonder Woman 3. They did not necessarily agree with not, not that they did not like what she was doing, but they basically said that they were going in a different direction with the character and that um, that, you know, finishing off the character's arc of, you know, with a third film was not necessarily part of what they were planning on doing with the character or with the future of what they were doing with their new slate. And she understood. She said that was it. And she basically, you know, was like, I, I get it. And that's why she is no longer attached to the project. So that confirms that aspect of it, but not the fact that she walked off the project. It was basically like they agreed to disagree and, and that was it. It was, the, you know, like, and now she's, she's gone back to work on the Star Wars project. Now, it's interesting because from that statement, James Gunn actually posted a response to it saying, I can attest that all of Peter and my interactions with you were only pleasant and professional. So he, they obviously had talked and discussed things with each other, which neither one of the reports specifically said that Gunn and Saffron were the ones to axe the Wonder Woman 3 film. It was more of a, you know, the Warner Brothers pictures people were, and that doesn't make any sense if there's already this new regime in place when it comes to the DC films. Um, so you really do have to be careful on how much you focus on these different reports because, of course, not everything you read is true, but the biggest thing is there are these exaggerations when it comes to certain things because, as mentioned earlier, and as we are going to talk about at length here in just a little bit, there was a power vacuum that was trying to be filled by a number of different people and they all had their own agenda and how to make things work out. So that's the thing to take away. But Wonder Woman 3 is not happening. That's not to say that Gal Gadot is not going to return. In some regard, we don't really know because we don't know really what they're going to do. We don't know if they're wiping everything clean or if they're going to just wipe certain aspects of different things clean. It's 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 hard to know. Yeah, when it comes to... Um uh, movie and uh, studio dysfunction. Uh, Disney Star Wars uh, is neck and neck with uh, DC and Warner Brothers in terms of canceling, announcing projects, canceling projects. So poor Patty Jenkins uh, stuck in between limbo with both studios. Yeah, I mean, either way, uh, either wh- whether she walked off or it was amicable or, or whatever, I think the takeaway is that it, it doesn't seem right now that Wonder Woman 3 is going to happen. And for myself, this is just me talking. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get through Wonder Woman two. I'm just gonna be honest. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get through that movie. Uh, and so I kind of, and just objectively, I think that movie kind of underperformed uh, in the, with the general audiences. So I can understand the studios perhaps saying they want to go in a different direction uh, if the direction that she wanted to go in was more in line with what she did with the second movie. Yeah, I, I will say. I remember watching Wonder Woman 1984 and thinking to myself, oh boy, we've got some work to do. Yeah, um, the story itself was was not not very good. Um, I, it's not to take away anything from the acting and the directing and stuff, but the story itself I thought was just not good. Um, 
That yeah. poor man who lost his free agency and had his body hijacked by Steve Trevor and then was essentially raped by Wonder Woman. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> just just to name a couple of the problems with it. Um, all right. So quick shots real quick. Um, first up, uh, supposedly Warner Brothers killed a Batman Beyond movie. Not a surprise there. Michael Keaton was supposedly going to be playing um, Bruce Wayne, the older version of it. I think the problem is that this is hard to know whether or not this was actually ever going to actually happen. But we had heard rumblings for a while, ever since Michael Keaton was cast as Batman in in Batgirl, that they were looking at the idea of doing a Batman Beyond film with Michael Keaton. The issue is that within the confines of what they were creating with the Batgirl film, it didn't make any sense. I mean, in the larger scheme of things, I have to say, sucky as the Batgirl film not releasing is for a variety of different reasons. Everything that I know or that we know about the film, I'm so happy it's not happening. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't necessarily need a 75-year-old Batman uh, passing the mantle off to a Batgirl who's like a normal age Batgirl that we typically see in comics, only to have no Batman and just Batgirl and somehow not get any of the other characters that we all know and love, like Nightwing or Tim Drake or Jason Todd or any of these other characters just because of somehow this being the one story. So, like, in a lot of regard... I, I know how bad it is to say this, but I am so happy that movie got canceled. That was like an unspoken thing. Like, what if the, like what if it did suck? Like, yeah. if it sucked, like it would that would have been worse than anything. I I feel. Yeah, I think I think we did like when we did a podcast about that before. I think we did mention that at the time I, because yeah. I think I think a lot of us were kind of iffy on the movie to begin with. And I think when it didn't come out, we were like, okay, this is probably a good thing in the long run. Yeah. Even though it sucks for the, the directors yes. and the cast and everyone involved, the, the human element of that obviously was, was really bad for them. But just from a fan perspective, I think we're all happy that we didn't see that movie. Yeah. I just, I just want some clips of Brendan Fraser's Firefly. That's I agree. Some, I agree. Just some little clips and then maybe take some dialogue from the trailer for like the whale and throw it in there. Like when he's roasting people, just <laughs> people are amazing <laughs> something i don't know <laughs> all right george of the jungle combining all the brandon Fraser movies someone's got to yeah. do like a, a deep cut of like using his voice under like the batman the animated series firefly or something like that and splice it all together internet hear that get on it right now. yeah it's, it's beyond my talents so yeah <laughs> all right the the next one was there was a report specifically from variety that uh a, this this was the headline a well-placed source tells variety that james gunn and peter saffron are exploring the possibility of incorporating matt reeves and robert Pattinson's batman into their wider dc universe now literally within like hours or maybe even minutes of that report james gunn responded that said, there are a few reporters I love more than the reporter of that article. Truly a good guy. But in this case, he needs to get a new source because this is entirely untrue. Um, that's not a surprise. I honestly, as we've said before, and specifically Matt Reeves even chimed in and says, the source that I like is James Gunn because obviously he, he knows what he's talking about. Um, I hope that Mike, you know, that, that Matt Reeves stuff sticks within the, the confines of its own thing. Um, that's not to say that there won't be a Batman as part of the greater DC universe, because I think it's entirely possible. I feel like if you're going to develop Batman, develop Batman and everything around Batman, 
if you're going to develop the greater DC universe, Batman does need to be a part of that, but you don't need to focus on the other stuff within the Batman universe. You don't need the villains of the Batman universe being the villains that are focused on within the confines of the DC universe. There's too many other characters you could focus on if you're doing that. I don't know. The idea of that sounds insane. Because in my head, I'm like, so is Colin Farrell going to interact with whatever's going on with the greater DCU? Because that would be really strange. But also, like, I feel like Batman just fine on his own. He's got his own little universe. He can stand on his own. The other DC stuff, they can all lean on each other. But we tried that recently with Ben Affleck and the Snyderverse, and it was terrible. Maybe we'll disconnect everything except for, like, maybe the cartoons or something. Yeah, I was I was really happy that this report is not true because um, I I my my whole uh, line of thinking now after seeing that movie is just like let Matt Reeves cook like just let him yep. do his thing and uh, and that can be its own thing it's successful he's proven he's a real like filmmaker he's got real actors you know that he he gets for his movies you just let him cook and do his thing what's more interesting to me is. Um, in this case, at least, is that uh, James Gunn didn't criticize the reporter, which means that there is someone who is a legitimate source who said that to him. And I'm wondering what their motivation was for saying that to the reporter. I think it's just more sign that there's this like weird power struggle going on and like people have all different agendas and trying to get different stories out there. It is, man, I, I got to say, it's very interesting just how much can change in such a short amount of time. So the next day, um, after that report came out, uh, James Gunn posted this. Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go. So keep in mind, this is literally like a month and a half after he took over. They have a slate that they're already planning on um, already. They're just going to be looking for directors to attach to the projects and things like that. So like... That's, I mean, I we we told we we said when this got announced that he was going to have to hit the ground running in order to make sure that his four years was going to be fruitful, and he clearly is doing that. But um, he specifically said, which we couldn't be over the moon about, we'll be able to share more some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. Among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. Uh, but we just had a great meeting with Henry and we're big fans and we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Somebody asked, being part of the slate, I assume it's a movie. And he said, yes. Uh, he specifically also responded saying, I'm writing um, and have been for a while, but we don't know who is directing yet. Um, and he also said it's not going to be an origin film. And he also said he met with Ben Affleck yesterday precisely because he wants to direct and we want him to direct. We just have to find the right project. So Ben Affleck could be entirely involved when it comes to behind the camera with this new DC slate. Um, the fact that he's had a meeting with James Gunn within 45 days of taking over, it says that he is definitely wanting to be involved with DC, just not in front of the camera. Um, so that said, um, Henry Cavell not coming back as Superman. So then the immediate response on that was Cavell posting his own uh, response, basically saying he had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and it is sad that he's not going to be returning. Um, he looks forward to what's coming, and he wishes the best for whatever happens with the Superman franchise. Um, there was also a report 
um, which we'll get into in a second here about why he's not returning. But specifically, let's just talk about him not returning and what that means for the future. If he's not returning and they just had something where he popped up in Black Adam, you can almost assume at this point that there's very little chance that any of these other characters are going to be popping up. It's not to say that there wasn't a situation that occurred where he was kind of forced back into it, but I, I saw a lot of criticism online of uh, people saying the specific phrase. DC has no idea what they're doing because they, because Cavell just announced he was coming back as Superman literally like two months ago, and within just less than two months, he's, he's now not getting it because of James Gunn. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, yes, he made that announcement based off of something else that was going on, some other situation that was going on. He had that situation happen where he was in the end credit scene of Black Adam, Somebody had to approve that, and it certainly wasn't James Gunn and, and whoever was planning the future of the DC slate, because that happened prior to James Gunn even getting the job. So the fact that people are like, oh, DC, is, of course, is dropping the ball and don't know if they don't know anything. They don't have any idea what they're doing. They didn't, and that's what they're trying to fix right now. I mean, that is kind of what they're trying to do, and it's just frustrating when I see people say that because it's like, I don't think you understand what's actually occurring here. This is like literally the changing of the guard, and there are situations where people are going to have to get left behind, and they're not going to be able to continue on. I understand that some of those people who are going to get left behind are very beloved and things like that, but the reality of it is that you cannot come in and please everybody. I mean, Gunn has said that himself. It's impossible to please every single fan. But it's mind-boggling to me to see how many people are just complaining about, you know, Henry Cavill not coming back as Superman. And it's all James Gunn's fault because James Gunn's writing a film and it's a Superman film. Now, to be clear, we we had hints that this was happening before because before he was announced as taking over DC Studios with Peter Safran, we knew that he was working on a project. And one of the projects that a lot of people were assuming he was working on was a Superman film. That's not to say that Cavell was ever attached to it, because as we also know that going into Black Adam and leading up to the release of Black Adam, Cavell had nothing to do with DC up until, you know, Dwayne Johnson brought him back in to the fold with Black Adam. So it's hard to say that a project that could have obviously been have would have been being written for quite some time would have anything to do with a person who was just coming back into the fold for a specific one-off project that may or may not go anywhere in the future. Yeah, so we we kind of tiptoed around, but this is this is like Gunn's first major move, right? Like announcing he's writing a Superman film and saying that Cavill isn't going to be Superman. And you're right, Dustin. Like it was when Cavill filmed that cameo, there was no leadership really in charge of DC films. And they probably told him, yeah, when the movie comes out, you can announce your back, not knowing that James Gunn was coming down the line. And it was like in a weird murky spot, but I do kind of agree. Like as much as I like Cavill in the role, I do kind of agree with let's kind of wipe the slate clean and let's begin anew. Yeah. Because then you have to play that weird game where, you know, you have to ignore previous entries or like skirt around it or do like Suicide Squad versus the Suicide Squad. You know, it's like we're going to take a little bit here and then we're going to kind of ignore the whole rest of this like garbage, you know, and just like it, it, you got to rip the band aid off and, and, and refresh it. Otherwise, it's just, 
you're in murky water. You're never going to get away from it. And people are going to constantly be screaming and like doing their fire James Gunn hashtags and this and that because some random thing they wanted that's still loosely connected is, you know, in their grasp and they're going to shout about it on the internet for hours. Yeah. So I think I'm coming at it kind of from a point where I'm kind of in the middle and, and here's why. So obviously someone at Warner Brothers told him to announce that he's back. I do not blame James Gunn. I think it's I think it's wrong to to blame James Gunn uh for Cavill not coming back. And I think um this is an example of kind of like a curse of a, like an unintended narrative in the sense that the solution to the problem kind of looks like the problem on a superficial level and that's why people who are, are maybe not very engaged in the minutia of of these uh of these decisions are kind of blaming James Gunn because it kind of does from the outside look like you know DC has no idea what they're doing that that same sort of narrative that's been that's been going around um but this is what so many of us have been asking for from from Warner Brothers for a long time which is just to hit the hard reset button and just cut ties with the the Snyderverse, with the DCEU, it it has not worked. Um, it's not going to work, um, and so to just move forward and, and start fresh. Um, where the part where I'm kind of in the middle is like I actually really liked Cavill as, as Superman. I thought he was fantastic, and I didn't think he was the problem with those films. And I kind of wish, I wish he would have got a chance to to do one right. Uh, but at the same time, I do kind of recognize that this is this is the right move for for the brand going forward, and I, I do hope that uh, we get a good film from it. It's an odd situation because I also think that Cavill deserved a little bit more when it came to you know to give him more to be able to do. I think that for a lot of people, I think a lot of mainstream people, their last version of Cavill as Superman was. The Joss Whedon Justice League. I think that's what a lot of people have seen. A lot of people have <laughs> that, that, that left a horrible taste in their mouth because of what happened Mustache. with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know that the Zack Snyder version, a lot of people really enjoyed. And I know that his storyline was very different in that version of it. And a lot of people appreciated that. And it kind of left it open for them to do something more with the character in the future. But the problem is that everything, because of how everything got derailed after Justice League released back in 2017, it basically like screwed everything up for the next couple of years. Um, it doesn't matter who's, you know, who's to blame. It doesn't matter if you want to blame Joss Whedon. It doesn't matter if you want to blame Zack Snyder. It doesn't, or you want to be, blame the leadership behind those, you know, at the time, you know, that was behind the, the studio. It, it doesn't make a difference who it was. The point is it derailed everything. That film really screwed up a lot of things going forward for a lot of different characters, um, regardless of who, who's to blame. Um, you know, you look at the, the films that have released since, and you had a Batman film that was planned that didn't end up happening. They went a whole different direction with a completely different Batman actor and uh, director completely separating itself from that to make sure that the, the Batman character and franchise would not be killed from something like that. They didn't do anything with Superman. Wonder Woman had a sequel that wasn't very well received. You had... 
um, Flash and you know and Cyborg and some of the other characters supposed to be getting new new films and they didn't right away. And I mean now we're just getting around to some of these films that were talked about years before Justice League even came out. And then you had Aquaman, which was like the kind of like the one off that like did really really well. Um, and also did not get another sequel for, I mean, now it's going to be five years after the first one came out. And it's just ridiculous how much time happens in between some of these when you don't have anything else happening. You know, I know that there's, when you, when you look at Marvel, there are characters who they get a film and it is quite some time before you, you see that character pop up again, but you know, that character is still around, you know, and now it's a little bit better because even some of the characters that aren't as well received when they have their individual films, they still figure out some way of like incorporating them into something else down the line. There's plenty of characters who have popped back up in other films or other TV series and things like that, where they can still utilize the characters for the fans who do appreciate those characters. But with DC, it was just everything got derailed from 2017 and people who think that, Cavill could could come back and just immediately do it. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's just when he announced he was going to be back as soon, I was like, cool, that's awesome. But then I was like, but it seems like an odd time to be announcing this considering they're on the hunt for someone to take over at DC. And at the time, the only thing I thought of was, well, they must have already talked about it with whoever's going to be in charge and they haven't announced it yet. And that must be why they're doing this, but clearly not the case. So let's get into another Let's get into the, the report that I've been wanting to get to this entire time. Um, so there's a there's an article that popped up on The Hollywood Reporter, um, specifically saying behind the fall of Henry Cavill's Superman. And it talks about what actually happened behind the scenes as to why this happened. And I, I will say, you have to go back to an article that we actually discussed on a, on a past episode. And there was an article that came out very, very close towards the end of October, um, right after Black Adam came out, talking about who exactly was going to be taking over at DC and how this was going to go forward in the future for what they were planning on doing. And in that article, it said that there was a power vacuum and there was a lot of different players trying to get at the top of that power vacuum. Uh, James Gunn's name popped up, but it specifically didn't list him as one of the people who were trying to get the top slot. It said that he was he had he was working on his own DC project, and that was something that was something to consider when you look at some of the other things. But one of the other people that was supposedly at the top of that power vacuum was really trying hard to make a push for it was Dwayne Johnson, uh, better known as to some as The Rock, and. This is where it gets a little bit interesting because when you think about it in the larger scheme of things and how everything plays out, you start to wonder to yourself, was he really, you know, really trying to get that top slot for DC? Not necessarily him, but maybe one of uh, his producing partners or maybe his production company or something like that. Because when you start to think about it, you know, you look back to the original announcement, you know, one of the original announcements where he's like, the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. And you think about that and you just think about those words coming not from Black Adam's mouth, but from The Rock's mouth. And you're thinking, hmm, he's really looking to change things up and do something very different here. And that's all great. But the, the problem, of course, is that would that actually work out? And um, 
Black Adam is not a character. Like when he was announced as doing Black Adam years and years ago, I immediately thought to myself, what a strange character for him to want to be. I mean, not because he can't be whoever he wants to be, but it's not like a big tier, top tier named character. Like he could be anybody. Why would he pick this one specific character? And for whatever reason, he felt like that was the character he wanted to do. And I mean, more power to him. But but the reality of it is that a film that's based off of a character that doesn't have a whole lot of mainstream connection to begin with is going to be fighting an uphill battle to begin with. Um, then you cut to literally before the film released and it's you know, he himself leaks online that Superman is going to pop up in the film, even though it's literally part of an end credit scene. Then you find out that the scene that was that Cavell filmed for Black Adam was literally filmed in September around Labor Day. Uh, so literally like a month and a half before the film was releasing in theaters. Then you find out that it was never approved with anybody within DC, like Walter Hamad or anything like that. They went, Dwayne Johnson went around Hamada at the time, and he went straight to the top to the Warner Brothers Pictures people and said, hey, I really like to do this. And they were like, okay, great, go ahead, do it. Um, and, and the connection, of course, is that the, the agent is the same agent that The Rock has. So they have this connection that's outside of the DC realm and the Warner Brothers studios hierarchy and all of that. So... There's that odd connection of Dwayne Johnson being like, like saying, hey, look what I can do. I can bring this guy back in and I can I can give him a spot and I can convince him who didn't appear in Shazam, who's, you know, we've used the costume in other films to make an appearance, but he himself has not appeared in anything in quite some time. I can bring him back. I have that power. And uh, it he tried to make it work and he assumed that maybe he was going to get a lot of people to go to the movie theater to see the film. I mean, I thought the film was fine. I didn't think it was a bad film. I thought it was an okay film. I, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but it was not some sort of amazing film. Uh, most of the rocks films are not amazing films to begin with. I mean, like they're good films to see in the theater. They're good action films and they've got, you know, great popcorn movies is the best way to put it. Um, they're, they're not like some sort of like compelling film that I'm going to love to rewatch over and over again. So it's interesting. So when this report came out that Cavell was leaving, it basically to me came across as the reason he's leaving is because he was never a part of the plan in the first place. He was never intended to be part of the plan. And if Dwayne Johnson was the one who somehow, you know, Black Adam succeeded beyond imagination and he was able to secure you know, a top slot when it came to the future of DC Studios, he probably would have had Cavall be Superman again and they would have done something else with him. And maybe Seven Bucks Productions, his production company, would have done something with Superman. Who knows? But that isn't how the chips landed. And I don't know that I can completely blame the success or lack of a success of Black Adam on that. I don't think The Rock is the person that I think a lot of people would assume, yes, you should be the head of a studio in general. I just don't. And I don't think the people that um, surround him, his production partners and things like that, I don't think any of them are the type of people that are up front where you could assume, yes, this person, they love DC. We absolutely will love to see what they want to see. I think James Gunn is a perfect example of somebody who has been very vocal about his connection to DC. you got Saffron who's been connected to multiple DC projects and has shown that there can be success. Um that makes sense. 
The Rock has one aspect of that, but I don't think that The Rock's walking around talking about how amazing the DC Universe is. He, he talks about what he's promoting at the, at the moment. That's what he's doing. Well, and now he supposedly unfollowed um, the DC and Black Adam accounts. I checked and- that. I checked that because I – so what, what uh, Scott's referring to is I sent a TikTok that I thought was pretty amusing to the group. Um, and it was basically laying out this whole debacle with The Rock and everything. And it said that he unfollowed. And I, I did want, go to verify earlier today because I wanted to know. He still is, in fact, following DC, the Black Adam account, and Warner Brothers pictures. So maybe he did at some point and then he refollowed them again once somebody figured it out. I don't know. But his account as of this morning was still following those uh, those official accounts. But nonetheless, you can tell that there is a – there's a disconnect because he went from talking all about Black Adam to now he's on to his next venture. That you know, that's just it, I hate to say it, that's how he is. I mean, he is very much what am I doing at the moment? And then what is what's next once this thing is not working? Like he's been very successful with his projects, but there's one project recently or I say recently, but like within the last 10 years that completely bombed and I remember him promoting the absolute crap out of it. It was that Hercules movie. And he promoted the crap out of that film leading up to its release. And it released in like a top tier July slot too. And it just did horrible. And I remember it was almost like it didn't exist to him anymore after it, it, it failed. You know, he did his obligations to promote it and all of that. Tried to promote it as much as he possibly could. And when it failed, he just... It was like, let's just erase that from my record. I, I have nothing to do with that. And I feel like based off of – not to say that Black Adam's not a flop. It's not. Like it probably will turn a profit to some degree. Not an insane profit, but it will probably turn profit when it's all said and done for merchandise and home video sales. Like the box office is probably going to be a wash or maybe a little bit of a loss. But it will probably end up making a little bit of money in the larger – run of everything but that's not to say that like that's what he was hoping for he was probably hoping for like a much bigger film but the fact that it also released literally like what three weeks before black panther they didn't have a lot of faith in this film in the first place by putting it that close to black panther i don't don't know i mean the way i look at it the rock is kind of like the music man so um you know it's Take that reference as you will. I did see that Hercules movie that you're talking about. I remember that movie was awful. <laughs> but that was back when we were stuck in that era of every time we take some mythology, we have to like make everything like a metaphor. Like there really weren't any gods or monsters. It was just a metaphor for yeah. our own pain and suffering and trauma. And I'm so glad we're getting past that because I hated it. Yeah, The Rock, like I love the rock rocky i love you but if you thought you were going to take over like be the head of a dc studios and like be like have black adam be like the iron man of like this new set of films like my man you're delusional never gonna know what we're doing here like black adam is what at best a b-list character in terms of comics (laughs) at best at best maybe c-list yeah c like it was never gonna be it wasn't gonna be what he thought it was like when he first signed on like 10 years ago i feel like christian bale was still batman when he was first attached to black adam like that's how long it's been so it was a big build-up it was a good movie we did a report we did a review on it we liked it it was okay but it wasn't like it's on hbo max i'm not rushing to go watch it again anytime soon 
Yeah, to, yeah, put I'm, that, I'm, to put that in real quick perspective, my my son he he didn't get to see it when it came out because I had a in order to watch it before I we before the uh, podcast, I literally headed to the theater after work one day, the day that we were recording the podcast. So he didn't get to see it like he normally sees a lot of the other DC projects. And he asked me, uh, I told him I was like, oh, just so you know, Black Adam's gonna be on HBO Max, so you can check it out. And he was like, oh, do you want to watch it? I was like. No, no. I mean, you, you, you're you good. You you can watch it. Uh, I, I'm good. I, I've watched it once. Uh, I'm good for at least another five to six years. So Yeah, I, I still haven't. Like, I mean, it's on HBO Max. I still haven't seen it yet. Um, but I'll probably see it one day when, you know, I have, like, nothing else to watch or whatever. I'll, I'll put that on. But I'm glad to hear um, all of you somewhat kind of criticize The Rock because I was worried I was going to do it. And I was worried because he's so popular. I was like, oh, man, maybe everyone here likes The Rock. I think he's – the problem with The Rock in this role – I mean, he clearly tried, as uh, BJ was saying. Like, he clearly tried to, like, put himself in that Iron Man role for the, you know, DC Universe going forward. Um, the problem with The Rock for me is he's an entertainer. He's not an actor, right? And you for, – for these kinds of things – and this is what I, what I was saying, you know, you need – proper you need film directors you need actors you need people who are like committed to this thing and who are actually like sort of masters of their craft Dwayne Johnson's an entertainer he as Dustin you were saying he makes popcorn movies and he's very popular and he's very successful at it and I enjoy you know his popcorn movies but this is not this is not the lane for him this is not the role for him and I think he tried I think he thought that maybe he could just come in here and do the same thing that he's always done and it would be successful and no, people just don't connect with that the same way, um, and I think that's why it ultimately failed. And, and to like, I don't, you know, since you haven't seen it, um, you know, I think one thing that's interesting about it, like thirty minutes of that movie, I think is all you need because unlike other projects where The Rock is like hired to act and star in something, this one since he has more control over, it's very much a vanity project that there's so much shots and sequences of just like glorifying him as some demigod and it's just like it gets exhausting. Like I enjoyed the movie overall, but like man, could you tell could you just feel the vanity like the ego, yeah. Yeah, and obviously all of this happens and the whole Henry Cavell thing happens. And I will say, as of right now, there's still a bunch of stuff with Boycott WB. Um, I don't know that this isn't directly related, but the WB Discovery uh, stock is is hit an all-time low at the moment. Um, As a whole, people are like – and this is the thing. People are very vocal when they don't like something, and they're not as vocal when they do like something. I mean, it's that whole idea of like when you own a business, if you get a negative review, it's way worse than when you get a positive review. Uh, you know, a, a bad situation happens, and you focus so heavily on those bad situations that you're not. Sometimes you can it can cloud what you're trying to do, um, and you cannot finish. You you you, you just can't complete. And maintain the customers and, and that good customer service you can for your normal customers. As case in point, today um, James Gunn posted this comment, which I thought was interesting, which says, uh, one of the things Peter and I were aware of when we took the job as heads of DC Studios was a certain minority of people online that could be, well, uproarious and unkind to say the least. Our choices for the DCU are based upon what we believe is best for the story and best for the DC characters who have been around for nearly 85 years. Perhaps these choices are great, perhaps not, but they are 
they are made with sincere hearts and integrity and always with the story in mind. No one loves to be harassed or called names, but to be frank, we've been through significantly worse. Disrespectful outcry will never, ever affect our actions. We were aware that when there would be a period of turbulence when we took this gig and we knew that we would sometimes have to make difficult and not so obvious choices, especially in the wake of the fractitious nature of what came before us. But this means little to us in comparison to our jobs as artists and custodians in helping to create a wide and wonderful future for DC. And I will say props to him um, taking all of this criticism in stride. I mean, obviously he's got some thick skin. He's gone through a heck of a lot worse when it comes to the stuff he dealt with, um, with, you know, honestly, the Guardians as a whole, uh, taking a, a franchise like that and making it into something much bigger. Um, but props to him. I will say to kind of wrap up Gunwatch at this point, um, be watching James Gunn on Twitter because he makes comments and he posts tweets very regularly. But the biggest thing is he's very active with responding to people's questions. Um, he'll pick certain questions to like answer and not. And those don't always pop up in your timeline because they are replies to other people's tweets rather than him continuing on a thread of, you know, what he previously had stated that led to that question. So that guy has got, Way more time than one would assume. So there's that. Um, so that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, we went a little bit longer, but hopefully you guys enjoy this extra oversized episode of the TBU podcast, specifically as we get closer to the holidays. We're not planning on doing an episode next week, um, specifically so that we can spend time with our families over the holiday season. Um, but if something crazy happens, I can't guarantee that we won't be back, but we will be back um, the first week of January with a new episode. Um, we do have a topic that we've been meaning to cover, which isn't time-related um, in the future, so we're going to be doing that. Um, and we've got some other things. We still want to get around to doing a merch recap of 2022 because uh, that was another one of the things that we were going to be doing in the last couple of weeks. So we're going to do a recap of that. And we may do like a best of 2022 and kind of the things that we really enjoyed. But let's be honest, I don't know that we're going to actually do that because it'll end up being Matt Reeves Batman at the top of that list. And I'm not sure anything else really is going to come close. So. With all that being said, uh, be sure to check out our website, thebatmanuniverse.net, for all kinds of news, original content, and other podcasts related to Batman and the entire Batman universe when it comes to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, comics, and everything else related to the Bat fandom. Be sure to check out our, us, us out on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Discord. Um, we did create, we're in the process of potentially popping onto some of these newer platforms. Um, I'm waiting to see how big they pop up uh, to decide whether or not we'll actually be regularly posting on them um, in the wake of, I guess, Twitter apocalypse over there and some people jumping off of Twitter. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, outside of that, if you're interested in sending us an email, you can send us an email at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can support us in a variety of different ways. Just check out the website. Look for the support section. There's a ton of different stuff that you guys can do just to help support this show and a bunch of other stuff that we do. Um, outside of that, thank you so much for listening. On behalf of BJ, Otto, Scott, and myself, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we will see you guys next time.